Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel 37, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and sent me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound and behold, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, there were sinews upon them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves, And raise you from your graves, O my people, and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. Well, it's always a pleasure to be here at Redeemer with God's people. Let us pray. Oh, Father, as we come to your holy word, your infallible truth, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A pastor told his congregation that if they had any questions, theological questions, biblical questions, that they could meet up with him in his study. Well, one man showed up, and he said, I have a problem. Pastor asked the man, what's the problem that you have? 
He said, I have a big time problem with Romans chapter 9. Pastor asked specifically, what's your problem with it? I have a problem with the text. Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. The pastor asked the man, what portion of the text do you find to be problematic? The man said, well, the second portion, of course, where it says Esau have I hated. I can't begin to understand how God could hate Esau. pastor says, well, I have a problem with the text too. But my problem is with the first portion of the text. Jacob have I loved. See, the pastor said, I can't begin to understand how God could love a rotten, conniving scoundrel like Jacob. It's called grace. B.B. Warfield said, Grace is power. It does not instruct. It energizes. And what dead men need is energizing. Such energizing as raises the dead. 2,500 years ago, the prophet Ezekiel was given by God this glorious vision. And it was a vision of hope. And the question that God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can dry and dusty bones live? It must have been quite difficult to be a prophet during the time of Ezekiel. When Ezekiel began his ministry among the Jewish exiles, he found a people who had lost hope. Ezekiel is taken to a valley. What does he see in the valley? He sees a gruesome sight. He sees thousands and tens of thousands who had been slain on a battlefield. He sees the unburied. He sees the skeletal remains of a fallen Jerusalem army. He sees Jerusalem who had fallen to the Babylonians. And yet, truly, it was a message of hope. By God's grace, you see, it's a message of hope. Firstly, we see the tragic results of sin. The Jews had been in exile now for more than ten years. And quite frankly, they had lost all hope. Why were they living as exiles? They were living as exiles because 
They worshipped other gods. They worshipped idols. They spat on God's law. And now they were reaping what they had sown. And you see, that battlefield with those dry, dead bones was a picture of the spiritual condition of a fallen Jerusalem. You see, all men and women, apart from the grace of God, are spiritually dead. Not half alive, but spiritually dead. If the word of God is preached to the spiritually dead, they can't hear it. Because dry and dusty bones have no ears in which to hear. If the doctrine of hell is preached to those who are spiritually dead, they don't run to the cross because dried up bones have no legs in which to run. If the beauty of Christ is preached to the unregenerate person, they can't begin to see the beauty of Christ because dried up bones have no eyes in which to see. You and I live in a world that quite frankly wants to eliminate pain. When we have a headache, we take aspirin or ibuprofen or Tylenol and then we take a nap and hopefully the headache's gone. But sometimes pain is a good thing because that headache might be more than a headache. It might be a tumor. Or that stomach ache might be more than just a stomach ache. It may be colon cancer. We don't like pain. But there are benefits to pain. And the problem with these dried up, dead, spiritually dead Jews is that they did not see or feel the weight of their sin. And they certainly did not see the tragic results of where that sin would take them. These people were dry, 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 and dead, dead, dead. But we see the transforming power of God. God asked the prophet Ezekiel a very important question. Can these bones live? Can these dry and dusty bones live? Now Ezekiel doesn't respond by saying, right God. Right. He says, only you know, sovereign Lord. Only you know. And only God would know. Because only God is omniscient. You remember the words in Isaiah where God says, I am God. And there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. From the east I summon a bird of prey, from a far off land a man to fulfill my purpose. 
What I've said, that will I bring about. What I've planned, that will I do. He is the all-knowing one. Only God would know. Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. So how do these bones live again? To be sure, God uses the preaching of His Word. He uses prayer. And what do we find in our text? The bones came together. The flesh came together. The sinews came together. And the skin came upon them. But there was still no life. Those bones were deader than dead. You see, you can preach the Word of God. You can pray. But without the breath and Spirit of God, nothing happens. Nothing happens. Please note, verse 9. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. And now we see the newness of life. God asked Ezekiel a very important question. Can these dry and dusty bones live again? And now suddenly surrounded by new life, an army of soldiers stood up at the very command and breath of Almighty God. Can these bones live? Initially, this prophecy was fulfilled when the Jews returned from being exiled in Babylon. But even beyond that, God is always in the business of raising spiritually dead people to life. Can these dry and dusty bones live? When you're going through a state of depression, when you're lonely, when you feel that the world is caving in on you, And you feel that God no longer hears your prayers. But then suddenly you're touched by the grace of God. And you realize His promises are sure. His promises are true. I will never ever leave you. I will never ever forsake you. Can these bones live? Can these bones live? What about it? When you turn your back in rebellion against God, like the psalmist David did, when he committed adultery with Bathsheba, and because of that he had to do something with Bathsheba's husband, Uriah the Hittite. So he decided that he would put Uriah the Hittite on the front lines, knowing that Uriah would die in battle. And for almost a year, David took a sabbatical from God. And then finally, David is confronted by the prophet Nathan. And then David owns up to his sin and realizes that he truly rebelled against God. 
But don't you think for a moment that during that time when David was living in rebellion against God, don't you think for a moment that he wondered, will these dry and dusty bones live again? When we see a loved one dying before our eyes, and we think, will I ever see that loved one again? And after the preacher says at the graveside, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. In the back of our minds, have we ever wondered, will I see that loved one? Will I ever see them again? Will these dry and dusty bones come to life? What about it? What about it? Jesus goes to the village of Bethany because he gets wind of the fact that his dear friend Lazarus was dead. And so not far from the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus turns to Martha and he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. You see what Jesus was saying without saying it? He was saying the same thing that the prophet Ezekiel said many, many, many years before. Martha, will the dry bones in that tomb live again? Will your brother live again? Will you ever see your brother Lazarus again? And then Jesus cries out, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of that tomb very much alive. Can these dry bones live? You see, the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. For the Spirit of God convinces us of our sin and misery. The Spirit of God enlightens our minds in the knowledge of Christ. The Spirit of God renews our wills. He does persuade and enable us to embrace Jesus Christ freely offered to us in the Gospel. Can these bones live? Yes! 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 When we look at the sorry state of our country, when we look at the rebellion that's rampant, when we look at those who mock the gospel of Jesus Christ, even as we celebrated the 4th of July last week. When you look at our country, do you ever think, will this country ever show some semblance of godliness again? We have such a rich heritage. Will we ever have some semblance of that again? Can these dry bones live? When you look at the Ivy League schools, who many of them were founded on godly principles, 
And now they teach Marxism. You've got to ask yourself, will we ever have some semblance of righteousness again? Can these dry bones live? Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Can these dry bones live? And then we look at the church embracing marketing techniques faster than McDonald's makes fries. And we have to ask ourselves, can these dry bones live? Let's build the church this way. Let's build the church that way. Have it your way. In building God's church. And we are so intoxicated with our own pride as a church that we fail to see that it is God who brings the increase. It is God who brings the increase. And these dry and dusty bones live. John Claypool, as a teenager, back in 1975, he murdered a husband and his wife simply because he wanted to know what it would feel like to kill two people. He was interviewed by the authorities, but he was never charged with the crime. He went on to get married. He went on to have a family. And then he was touched by the grace of God. His life was forevermore changed. And upon this transformation of his heart, he went to the authorities and he owned up to what he had done. And for that, he was tried and he was convicted. And this is what he wrote. Yet God was faithful to his promise to uphold me. At the moment of truth, though I now was a prisoner of the law, I was set free before God for the first time in my life. I cannot describe the feeling of that burden completely lifted. The Lord now held his once disobedient child in his loving arms and true to his promise. He did not let me fall. A wonderful peace came over my soul such as I had never known before. I am now confined to a maximum security prison serving time for second degree murder. But I am more free and more at peace than at any other time in my life. Can dry and dusty bones live? Yes. And if you want to look at Exhibit A, that would be that man Saul. 
This hotshot, big shot Pharisee. This man who persecuted Christians. We take a glimpse at what he was before Christ in the book of Philippians, where he brags on what he was. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness faultless. In other words, look at me. But he goes on to write, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more? I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus. He didn't even know his bones were dry prior to his conversion. But his bones were dry and dusty and bare. Mr. Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? Look at David, yes. Look at the Apostle Paul, yes. Look at John Claypool, yes. We never give up on dry bones. We never give up on loved ones who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. We never give up on that friend who rebels against God. We never give up on that neighbor who rejects the Lord Jesus Christ because dry bones can come to life through the power and might and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of His great love, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive even when we were dead in transgressions. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Through the message that Ezekiel preached. And we find it in Ezekiel 37. It brought hope to a nation of hopeless people. Can dry bones live? In verse 14, God answers the question. And I will put my spirit within you. And you shall live. And I will place you in your land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken. And I will do it declares the Lord. Can dry bones live? When you look at the book of Revelation, Jesus 
addresses one of the churches, the church at Sardis. And he says to them, you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. You see, the problem with the church at Sardis, they were taking that pill called deception. They didn't see their sin. They didn't feel the weight of their sin. And the results of that church would be tragic if they turn away from God and refuse his remedy. God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel responds, oh Lord, oh Lord, you know. B.B. Warfield's right. Grace is power. It does not instruct. It energizes. And what dead men need is energizing. Such energizing as raises the dead. Let us pray. Father God, we pray that you would search our hearts. And if there be any wicked ways within us, that you would cast it out, that we would own our sins. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ, teach us to pray the way you want us to pray. Show us the sin around us and the sin within and enable us to pray for the deliverance that we need so desperately. We pray, O Lord, that you would respond to our cry for help with the great salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. O Lord, speak to your church this morning as your word is being proclaimed throughout this city, throughout this state, throughout our nation, and throughout the world. That the dry and dusty bones that exist would come alive by your grace, even as you breathe new life and to your chosen people. Thank you, Lord, for the benefits that we have in Jesus Christ. We know that regeneration is by your grace and by your grace alone. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to us through your word and through the power of your might. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.